It's where do you find peace? At home, on my couch, watching sports, baseball, football, that sort of stuff. Where does peace come from? Peace comes from relaxation, friends, family. Would you consider your life peaceful right now? Very. Have a good weekend. Thank you, you too. Where does peace come from? I can't, it comes from inside. Where do you think peace comes from? Uh, within. Where does peace come from? I think you have to make your own peace. Where does peace come from? Uh, inside, I think. Where does peace come from? Within. Where do you think peace comes from? Where do I think? Oh, I know where peace comes from. Okay. <laughs> I know. I mean, um, I think the Bible teaches it best, you know. Jesus said something. He said, the peace I give, not like the world gives, you know. And I think it's found in the book of John. So, the peace that people really need, which I think is the lasting peace, comes from knowing God. Not just God, but having a connection with faith in Christ Jesus. And uh, I think that's what many people miss. I found that. And I think it works. Um, I've lived that life for some years now, and I think it's a true word that Jesus spoke. So that's where peace comes from. It was the second week that we are in a series of messages about uh, a worry-free life. And they were talking about the peace of a worry-free life. And uh, we shortened the video. It was a great video, but it was a little bit long, five minutes and something. But just focus on some different uh, concepts of where people thought peace came from. Only, it's interesting, that last guy is the only one on the entire uh, video of over five minutes who had any spiritual idea about where peace comes from. And uh, he was right. That, that passage of Scripture is found in John fourteen twenty seven, I believe. And that's the peace that Christ gives to us. So, uh, I want to ask you that question then. You know, where do you find your peace. Where do you find your peace? And the really only true peace comes in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. And we all need that because we really live a stressful life in a stressful society today. Let me just share some information with you. There are approximately 24 million Americans who suffer uh, from panic attacks and related disorders. Stress is the number one reason for worker disability in America. 59% of our fellow Americans, maybe some of us included, say that they're simply overwhelmed by life. A heart attack occurs every 20 seconds in America, and a fatal heart attack occurs every 60 seconds. Medical personnel tell us uh, that the following are the five greatest worries that we all deal with. Work, health, conflicts, children, and finances. So what is our faith? Where does our faith plug into all of this? Uh, how does having faith in Jesus Christ add the value of peace into our life? I want to share two quotes with you. First of all, John Ortberg, a, a Christian author, uh, multiple works that he has out. One of the favorites I like is, you know, if, if you want to walk on the water, you've got to get out of the boat. That was one of the first that I read by his. But he wrote an, an article entitled, Taking Care of Busyness. He says this, for most of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living them. And I think that's true. That's what anxiety and worry and fear and all that does to us. Then uh, author and radio commentator uh, Dr. Tony Beam says this, 
He said, didn't the Prince of Peace promise he would leave his peace behind? The problem with the modern day peace seeker is they miss the message of the ancient peace speaker. Peace is not the lack of conflict in the physical world. It is the presence of God dwelling in the heart of his people. That's where peace comes from. God dwelling in the hearts of people. That's what our scripture points us to. If you'll look there with me at Paul's letter to the Colossians uh, chapter 3. If we look at verses 15 through 17, three simple verses that I think just outline for us uh, how we come to understand, know, and claim uh, this aspect of peace that gives to us uh, the possibility and a great chance of living a worry-free life. First of all, he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom, and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Now, Paul mentions three phrases, one in each verse. He says, first of all, he talks about the peace of Christ in verse 15. In verse 16, he talks about the Word of Christ. And then in verse 17, he talks about the name of Jesus Christ. And all of those are significant in our search for peace that will bring about that worry-free, stress-free life that we all long for. Now, very quickly this morning, let's look at how we can apply these truths to our life. First of all, Paul says to us, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. The word rule there simply means to serve as a judge. We know that in a courtroom, it's the judge who absolutely rules. And it literally means that he has the power to overrule. That's exactly what this means. He has the power to overrule. An attorney might stand up and say, I object, Your Honor. And the, the judge has the right to consider that and then make a decision on that. And if he says objection sustained, then it stands. If he says objection denied, then he says sit down and be quiet. That's basically what it's saying, overruled. But the peace of Christ in our life is what Paul is saying to us, comes into our life and overrules our fears, our anxieties, our worries, our concerns, our prejudices, all of our stress, whatever we struggle with in life, he wants us to know that the peace of Christ can come into our life and overrule all of those things. And it's all of those things that diminish our level of faith and the living of a Christian life that God wants us to experience. Now, there are three basic reasons why we need the peace of Christ in our heart. And we'll run through them quickly. First of all, it's to give us peace with God. See, there's only one way that we can have peace with God, and that is through Jesus Christ. Colossians 1.21, Paul writes and says, Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. See, that's the story of all of us. We were enemies of God, and we need to be at peace with God. Oftentimes you hear people talk about making their peace with God. Or you find, especially in, in, in the Westerns I love to read, when the bad guy has, has got to drop on the good guy, he said, buddy, buddy, is it time for you to make your peace with God? Well, you know, that's a good line for a movie or for a book, but it's really not true because we can't make peace with God. We can only experience it because of what Jesus Christ did for us that made the peace of, of God possible for us to experience in our life. 
Colossians 1.20. And Paul says that Jesus made peace through his blood shed on the cross. And in Romans 5.1, Paul says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So we need that peace with God. Secondly, we need the, uh, the peace in difficult times of life. We need that peace of God for the difficult times. You know, even if we, even if we get to that point where we're pretty much stress-free and worry-free, and, and we've got our faith up to the level that it needs to be, we're still not going to be exempt from difficult times in life. Troubles, problems, conflicts, those things are going to happen. And, and, and we need that peace to help get us through those times. You see, having the peace of God enables us to handle the stressful times of life rather than allowing the stressful times of life to handle us. It was the Apostle Paul in prison who wrote several letters, one of them being Colossians, the other being Philippians. And Philippians 4, 7, Paul says, And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul's sitting in a, in a Roman prison, probably chained to a Roman soldier, guarding him. And he's able to write about peace that transcends all understanding. He's in a difficult spot. Jesus also talked to us about having that inner peace. And he says in John 16, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble. But take heart, I have overcome the world. You see, Jesus Christ comes to give us that peace that will enable us to endure and overcome the tough times in life. And then we need that peace of Christ because we need to experience uh, a peace with others. You know, John, uh, Paul writes here in verse 15 and he says, as members of one body you were called to peace. He's talking about the unity within the fellowship of believers known as a church. And not only do we need the peace with God and the peace of God, but we need to have that peace with others as well. And the reason for it is that Satan's always at work wanting to divide. He wants to divide and conquer. He wants to divide families. He wants to divide churches. He wants to divide our nation. He wants to divide every marriage. He wants to divide Sunday school classes. And he wants to divide any kind of Christian fellowship. He would love to be able to get in and make some kind of stressful event take place. And so we need to be at peace with one another. The Bible says to us, make every effort, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. And that's what Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.3. He says, it's that peace of Christ that preserves the unity of the body of Christ and allows us to disagree without becoming disagreeable. So, we, we need to have this peace of Christ that gives to us the peace of God. Now, the second thing that he says is, let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Let that Word of Christ dwell in you richly. Why is that so important about peace and a stress-free life? The reason for it is, is in, in the Word of God, we find what God says to us about how He addresses how we're supposed to live in life. And the problem that we face so many times that leads to even more stressful times is that when times of difficulty, conflict, and stressful times come, we try to think about what we would say and what we would do through our own logic, rather than turning to hear what the Word of God says. And let me just give you a hint. If you're facing a stressful situation and you're trying to figure out how you're going to handle it, 
Let me tell you this, that the Word of God is always going to supersede your thoughts and your actions. So, don't go here first. Go to the Word of God first. And why? Because it is the Word of God. We've already heard a Gideon report today. And they do a marvelous ministry of putting the Word of God in the hands of people who need it. Soldiers, school children, university students, in the hospitals where people are at crisis, prison ministries, where people's lives have been radically changed because of the Word of God. There's the Word of God that's so powerful that brings to us peace and the ability to live the way that God wants us to live. In Proverbs 30, the Word of God says, every word of God is pure. He is a shield to those who put their trust in Him. Do not add to His words lest He reprove you and you be found a liar. Jesus said in John 5, 24, Most assuredly I say to you, He who hears my word and believes in me who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment but has passed from death into life. And Jesus said in Mark 13, 31, Heaven and earth will pass away but my words will by no means pass away. So why do we need to let the word of Christ dwell within us? It's because it's the life-changing power of God. And in that, if we would turn to the Word of God first, we would be protected from so much stress and so many enemies that that we would begin to live that worry-free life. I read this article uh, that happened in February of this year uh, in a Dayton, Ohio city bus driver had some mechanical problems and he was sitting beside the road and he got out to see what might be wrong to see if he could fix it before he headed on back a call for, for help to come. And two guys thought that would be the perfect time to jump him and take his receipts for that day. And he was shot twice and stabbed once and they got him to the hospital. And when they began to check him out, they discovered that the stab wound in his leg was the worst injury he had because he carried in his shirt pocket of his uniform a little New Testament, like what Tim held up for us today. And that New Testament stopped both of those bullets. Now, I don't know whether it was a Gideon New Testament. I like to think it was, that maybe a Gideon had given to him. But there's an example of how literally the Word of God can save you, protect you, guide you. You know, and it's the same thing spiritually that takes place when we have the Word of God dwelling in our life. And to dwell means to take up residence, to be at home. So I want to ask you, what are you putting into your life? Well, if you're stressful, what are you putting into your life that doesn't need to be there? And what are you not putting into your life that needs to be there? And one thing that I would say to you that needs to be there is the Word of God. The writer of Psalms had it correct. And he said, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, it's the word of God that will stand forever. It's the word of God that comes from the mind and heart of God. So we need to let it dwell in our life above anything else that we might turn to for instruction or guidance or comfort in life. Then the third thing that we find here in this passage of Scripture is that Paul says, let the name of Jesus guide your actions. Now the first thing he says, okay, that's a good principle, but... How does that deal with this peace concept and a worry-free lifestyle? Well, look at verse 17. And Paul says, whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now, the companion or twin truth verse that Paul also wrote is in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. And Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Now, what Paul is saying to us is simply this. 
Oftentimes we just simply get stressed out and we worry because we're so concerned about the job that we're going to do and can we please everybody? You need to understand right now, if you don't know this truth, you're not ever going to please everybody. You never will. So therefore, you need to make your life less stressful by doing everything in the name of Jesus so that you're pleasing one person and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. So you, you, your life is going to be nothing but a headache and a stressful event from one thing to the other if you're thinking about how you're going to please everybody. And one of the other things that also deals with this passage is, is about who do you want to get the glory? Who do you want to get the praise for what's done? Do you want to get it? You know, you know, even if you want to be a Gideon and pass out Bibles, if it's not for the glory of God, you've got the wrong motive behind it, right, Tim? It's got to be for the glory of God to see lives changed. And see, our life is a whole lot less stressful when we understand that we do everything in the name of God for His approval and not for anybody else's. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 5, 14 through 16, part of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You see, where does the credit go? It goes to God. It goes to God and not to us. Other people will see our good works and give glory to God the Father who is in heaven. Now, there is one definite way here that we understand this concept about peace in a worry-free lifestyle. And it's an underlying principle that's, that's found in every verse of our three verses of Scripture that Paul gives us today. And that's that concept of gratitude. In verse 15, Paul ends it by saying, be thankful. In verse 16, Paul speaks about singing with gratitude in your heart. And verse 17 includes giving thanks to God the Father. Now again I ask that rhetorical question, how does that fit in with the peace of Christ and a worry-free life? Well, it's like this. If you're grateful and thankful and giving thanks to God for what He has done and what He is doing in your life and what He has given to you, you're not going to be stressed. Instead, you're going to be thankful. And when you're thankful and grateful, you're not stressed. I saw the bumper sticker one day. It simply said this, a wonderful, wonderful thought for your life. Too blessed to be stressed. Isn't that a great way to think about life? Too blessed to be stressed. Now, if that's true, which it is, the opposite has got to be true as well, isn't it? And that is if you focus on everything that stresses you, you can't be blessed, right? So if we say, Too blessed to be stressed, the opposite of that is too stressed to be blessed. See, if you're so stressed wondering about everything in life and worrying about everything in life, there's no way you're going to thank God and be grateful and have gratitude in your heart. You're going to miss out on the peace that God has for you. Every one of us has been blessed by God. Every one of us has some kinds of struggle in our life. We've got stress of some kind in our life. You know, it's at home, it's at work, it's at school, it's wherever. But God has also blessed us, and that's what we need to see first of all. If we got that peace of God and peace with God, then we look at the difficulties in life, and we know that we are blessed, and we are too blessed to be stressed over that. 
You remember when Jesus came into the city of Jerusalem on that day we call Palm Sunday? The Bible says to us in Luke 19 that as he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you even you had only known on this day what would bring peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. You know what Jesus was saying and why he wept over Jerusalem? Same reason he weeps over America. Same reason he weeps over Northeast Richland County in Columbia. It's because people reject him and they reject his peace. If we reject him, we reject his peace. The Bible says in Isaiah, if only you had paid attention to my commands, your peace would have been like a river. Isaiah 48, 18. You know that great song we sing? I've got peace like a river. How do we get that peace like a river? By being in peace with God. Not ignoring him, acknowledging him. And Isaiah 26, 3 says something very profound. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because he trusts in you. You see where that peace comes from? That perfect peace, it comes from a trusting heart and a mind that's steadfast on God. And that's where we find that perfect peace in the midst of everything that we're going through. Uh, now, I want to point out to you another word, a simple word in here that's the key to accepting all of this and experiencing this, you know, the, the peace of Christ and having the word of Christ dwell in our hearts and lives and, and experiencing doing everything in the name of Christ. And it's a simple word, let. You see, see, Paul writes and he says, let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the word of Christ dwell in your heart. See, we don't make anything when it comes to the Lordship of Christ and God involved in our life. We let him into our life. We allow him into our life so that we can experience his peace. His love, His mercy, His grace. And when we allow Him to come in, then that's when we begin to experience that peace that allows us to deal with the stress in our life so that we can move more and more as people of God, people of faith, towards a worry-free lifestyle. So here's what I would say to you today. Let the Word of Christ dwell in you. Let the peace of Christ dwell in you. And make sure that whatever you do, you do in the name of Christ and for his glory and for nothing else. And when you do that, you let the peace of Christ and you let the word of God into your life. You're going to begin to feel less stress every day. And you're going to know what it's like to be so blessed that you can't be stressed. And that's all in a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what I pray for you to experience today from the Word of God. Father, we thank you today that you are our peace. We thank you that through Jesus Christ you have made peace with us through His blood. We thank you that He sacrificed His life on the cross of Calvary so that we could have that peace with you. And Father, I pray today that as we hear your Word and take it to heart that we will be a people who will uh, let you enter our life. Maybe there's some today who who need to let you into their life so that they can have that peace of forgiveness and that peace of a relationship with you and come and acknowledge Christ as Savior. And Father, maybe the others of us who know you have been allowing our faith to be diminished by fears and worries and anxiousness and concerns. So Father, I pray that we will let you come into our life and have control of our life 
so that we can know your peace. And we'll give everything to you and we can begin to live worry free. And Father, I pray that we will begin to experience all of this through faith in Jesus Christ who gave his life for us. And it's in his name that I pray. Amen.